once again, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, and I invite you to turn your ears as together we read that special story, the Christmas story together, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. The first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. I'm reading the wrong version. This is so silly of me. Here we go. All right. Verse 4. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, which would totally scare me again, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For many of us here this morning, this particular telling of the birth narrative from Luke is probably one we have heard before. It is the go-to Christmas passage. And as is often the case that we of things that we have come accustomed to, there's probably some comfort to be found in Luke's passage. We know this story. As we read these words and we imagine the story, a familiar, comfortable feeling settles around us. Often, that is what Christmas brings to us, a comfortableness, a relief. Ah, Christmas, 
we remember this. We know what to expect. When we celebrate a holiday in a similar fashion year after year, we fall into comfort, into an ease of knowing what to expect, to knowing what is coming. We follow traditions, traditions like putting up the tree, baking cookies, hanging up lights on the roof, wrapping gifts, following along with our Advent candles, drinking hot chocolate. We have hot chocolate in the back, quick plug. Attending Christmas gatherings and picking out the best gifts for the white elephant exchange. These are all a part of the season. These are things that often anchor us, things that kick us into gear. It's like our finger finding the radio dial and effortlessly turning to the Christmas station the day after Thanksgiving. We don't always do these things intentionally. Instead, they're a part of our routine. They are a part of what we do during the season. And on Christmas Eve, often we grab our Bibles in the right version and turn to this beloved Christmas story and we sigh a breath of relief because there is comfort to be found here. There is comfort in this story. It is familiar. It is warm. It is full of hope. It is the beginning of a beautiful story that is still continuing on in each of us today. And still, as Jesus' birth unfolded in real time, it was anything but comfortable to the people in the story. Life-changing, yes. Memorable, absolutely. Earth-shattering, yeah. But comfortable? Jesus' birth turned the world upside down. Those first five verses that you read correctly of Luke's passage mentions the word register. Did you read it? Did you see that word? Just in those five verses, it occurs four times. We, as the ones reading this story, we are not to forget the real reason Mary and Joseph have made this journey. They are living under Roman rule. They are only in Bethlehem because of the political systems forcing them to travel, to take part in the census. Mary and Joseph are not going on a vacation. They probably would have never even left Nazareth if it wasn't for this census. They are under someone else's power. It's not comfortable. There is no exception to be given to this family just because Mary is about to have a birth. There's no exception for this family, even though Mary has been visited by an angel and told that she and Joseph will raise the son of God. The world doesn't seem to care about their story. The world doesn't seem to care about this calling on their lives. They must travel under hard, uncomfortable situations. 
And even if Mary and Joseph were the type to broadcast their situation to the world, that they've had these intimate communications with angels and God, the world probably would have doubted them. A young, unwed woman to carry the child of God? The carpenter to raise this son as his own? In the Roman Empire, kings or leaders or emperors, they were born into royalty, or they went to war to gain royalty. Even in the religious world of Judaism, outside of those Roman customs, kings were expected to live in a certain way. A baby king? It was unsettling. It was unusual. It was anything but comfortable. Most of our Christmases aren't really as comfortable as we make them seem. Yes, from the outside, our gifts may be wrapped beautifully. From the outside, our cookies smell delicious. From the outside, our teacher gifts look Pinterest-worthy for sure. From the outside, our Christmas cards look flawless. From the outside, our outdoor decorations should definitely win the award for best decorations on the street. But for most of us, the reality is quite different. Some of us may be holding on by a thread. Some of us may be smiling and laughing with family, but crying in the other room. Some of us may feel lonely. Some of us may be anxious. And still others of us may just feel kind of stuck in the middle. We all have our own stuff going all. We all have plenty of reasons to cling to Jesus's birth and to claim it as something that brings hope, that brings comfort to our lives. And we should, because when our families feel broken and our kids are crying and we seem to be holding the world on our shoulders, the birth of Christ in a manger on Christmas Eve reminds us that big, beautiful things can happen in small, ordinary places. This is our good news, friends. We do not have to be perfect or to have it all together to know that we are loved by God. We don't have to have it all together to be welcomed into the body of Christ. We can bring all of that discomfort and remember that God came to each of us in the form of a baby that Jesus lived his life on earth as a human and that God sees each of us and claims us as God's own. After all of the scripture reading about registering and the politics of the day, we get just two brief verses about Jesus's birth. And then we get that memorable scene of the angel coming to the shepherds in the field Angels, majestic, holy creatures, shepherds who were lowly and probably smelly and overlooked, a baby as a king, the mighty and the weak, 
a new way of life born in a manger because there wasn't any room at the end. You see, God works in this uncomfortable way. For better or worse, we know that there are systems in the world. We know that there are rankings that happen around each of us, smart or slow, rich or poor, beauty or plainness. You can all think of your own, those words that have trapped you. But Jesus came to turn the world upside down, to show us that this old way of life wasn't sustainable, that it wasn't the way the world was intended. Jesus' birth shatters the world's understanding of how things work. Shepherds are the first to know of the birth of Christ. The powerless are given a seat of honor and addressed by angels. The Israelites' promised one that they've been expecting is born in an unexpected place as a baby. This Christmas, I invite you to lean in to the discomfort of the story. Yeah, let's hold on to the beauty of the birth and the celebrations of the angels and shepherds and the wisdom of Mary pondering all of these things in our hearts and... Let's also be moved by the uncomfortableness of this story. Let's cling to the unexpected. Let's push back on the myth that we have to be perfect or have everything together in order to claim our identities as children of God. Let's remember that at our lowest, ugliest points, we are still loved by God. The world is hard, and still Jesus overcomes. Jesus brings light to the darkness, gives a voice to the powerless, and offers hope to this really weary world. That is the good news of great joy, that Jesus was born so that we may all know what it means to be loved by our Creator. May we each continue to find comfort in this story, and at the same time, may we continue to find wonder at this story of a baby who had the power to turn the world upside down. Amen.